Passion. The unwavering force that propels us towards our dreams. It's the intense but almost magnetic attraction we feel for something. It fills our hearts with purpose, especially when there's alignment with one's career, resulting in work becoming a source of inspiration rather than mere obligation. It further ignites the spark that drives individuals to persevere through the challenges and setbacks they receive in life. A career inspired by passion often leads to a deeper sense of purpose and satisfaction, driving individuals to find genuine joy in what they do. 2023 at PEGS has focused on the word compass. Our understanding of this is that passion acts as our internal compass, guiding us towards our ambitions and dreams, which is reflective of the directional arrows on the tool itself. In this episode, we are looking forward to hearing about our next guest speaker's passions and how these have intertwined with her career and have been utilised to create a positive impact for themselves and for their communities. Welcome to the Penley and Essendon Grammar Pegs Cast. This is the podcast where we love to talk about big things in life that usually don't get talked about. I'm Kara. I'm Molly. I'm Samuel. I'm Sophie. And I'm Frankie. And we are Year 11 students at Penley and Essendon Grammar School. Before we get started, I need to let you know that nothing we say on here can be taken as personal advice. Also, Penley and Essendon Grammar School acknowledges the Wandri and the Tanarong people as the traditional custodians of the land upon which our school stands. We pay our respect to the elders, past and present and affirm our commitment to the ongoing work of reconciliation. For more information about this podcast episode, please head to our website, pegs.vic.edu.au. Today, we are pleased to welcome Stacey Heimer, a member of the PEGS alumni and well-renowned public figure. Her sporting journey began at the age of four in traditional taekwondo, this led Stacy to a sporting career, and she balanced this with other avenues such as amateur soccer, softball, and athletics. She was established in the women's featherweight division from her success in the international competitions in Canada and Tahiti, and was selected by the Australian Taekwondo to train at the High Performance Hub, which intensified her strength and conditioning. This then led to strong performances at the 2019 World Championships and the Australian Open, which set Stacey's sight at the Tokyo Olympics. She made her debut at the delayed 2020 Games, reaching to round 16 in her sport. Stacey also won gold medal at the 2023 National Championships. This propelled her to the top of Australian Taekwondo. Since the Tokyo Games, Stacey has won many international medals and has set her eyes for the 2024 Paris Olympics. Needless to say, she has made a successful career up until now and is a dedicated member of society, through her commitment in organising skill sessions for other people and through her fundraising for mental health awareness in Australia. Stacey, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Let's dive right in, shall we? I think it's reasonable for us to assume that your passion is sports or specifically taekwondo and science. Is this the case? Yes. I have a few questions for you. Can you please unpack this passion for us and then talk about this initial passion, perhaps revealed any other underlying passions? Yep. So sporting's always been my passion. It's actually the most part where I strive the most. Mm-hmm. All my teachers could probably say the same. That's the most part where I enjoy my time and I'm with my friends and I'm able to just express myself. Yeah, and definitely. 
taekwondo being my passion all throughout life, that's always been a place where is I can just go there and really just get all physically, mentally, emotionally, everything, just let it all out yeah. and say I've had a hard day at school. I go to training and let it all out and then I'm just happy again and everything is It sounds free. like it's a really good escape for you. Yeah, it is. It's the best. And how these passions guided you to help people and the community as well? Well, Taekwondo has played such a big role in my life. It's created discipline for me, self-motivation, enjoyment, how to be positive, how to stay positive and how to actually like teach that to other people as well and communicate that effectively. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do is I go out into schools now. I do a lot of community talks and I'm just trying to like inspire them to stay positive and stay enjoying what they're doing because that's one of the things that you see a lot of students coming up. They start to lose interest in what they're doing and mm-hmm. say they have like a hardship. They they see that's such a big blow that they won't continue. Mm-hmm. And so my job is to like go out there and just tell them everything's going to be okay. Just keep pushing forward, keep motivating yourself, keep staying positive because success will come. When I go to these schools, firstly I talk about myself and what I do because I'm trying to create Taekwondo awareness because Taekwondo is, I'd say, a minority sport compared to others. And for me, who's like aspiring to go to the Paris 2024 Olympics, I want to make sure that all the students, when they go watch Taekwondo, they have some sort of understanding of what's going on. And me training every single day, you know, putting my heart and soul into training. That's my passion. That's everything I'm living for right now. And so I want to be able to share that with the students and other athletes. The topics I cover highlight the importance of positivity and enjoyment. And I also talk about hardship. So during injuries, and I always say like injuries are always so, they're always going to happen in sporting, in taekwondo especially. And I just talk about the hardship of it and how to overcome it because the important part is going to competitions and to prepare for competitions, you need to go through that rest recovery and work on things that are in your control to be able to go to comps and perform well. What I tend to do is I always focus on things that, okay, what makes me happy internally? Okay, it can be one, hanging out with my my dog because that's enjoyment, hanging out with my friends, being social, enjoyment. And also unpacking mental stresses, so with my sports psych, that's important to me. And these are all, I would say, simple things that I can do to really unpack everything and get myself, say, on a better routine if I'm in a bit of like a rough patch, just to really straighten myself out and be like, okay, just slowly do things that you enjoy to get yourself back on the right track. And then work on those strategies that you've learned or picked up from with the sports psych to be able to then apply that in your training, in my life. And then I slowly start to see, okay, maybe I am overthinking everything. Maybe, you know, life isn't so hard right now and I'm just really stressed out. And taking that perspective and step back in a way is really important. And that is slowing things down, going for a walk with your dog, just enjoying those little things to be able to get you through and also then to unpack it with that sports psych to apply it is also really important 
that's the one thing that even I realised talking to other elite athletes and they come into the gym and, and these are proper high-quality high athletes, tonnes of sponsors, tonnes of recognition, heaps of media time and they come into the gym and they're just normal people. And I just go up to them and start talking to them and they love that. It probably makes them think that they're included in this area because they probably don't know everyone, whereas like, I'm in there nearly every day and so this is my area where I feel comfortable. So it's like they come in, it's like you make them feel comfortable and they're going to treat you the exact same way and then you become friends. That's like the easiest way. You just start talking to someone and they, don't, they initially don't know what sport you're from and I initially don't know what sport they're from even if they're a high-quality athlete. But you start chatting to them, you get to know their sports and their backgrounds and a friendship happens and you do realise that all sports are, in terms of what they go through, is pretty much the exact same thing. Are there any other examples of ways that you've used your passion to help someone? So maybe a group of people or the community? You could always say just the people around me in my circle of friends or my family, whoever I'm interacting with, we're always either bouncing off each other and trying to get each other's input but they're actually taking on board what I'm saying because I one of the things I do is I actually I own it to myself to do what I do but if I'm preaching it I'm you have to do it you know is it practice what you preach Mm -hmm. yeah so I own that to myself to to do that Mm -hmm. and share that with other people so that's and I and you can see it can change other people's lives even if you're you know putting your attention to them they'll take that and they'll be like okay I feel appreciated that way and that changes their mindset or their outlook and then changes their performance so that's so important yeah definitely speaking of inspiring people of like the younger generation and like going to schools and all that was there anyone in particular that inspired you to get into what you wanted to do to get into taekwondo well firstly to get into taekwondo I was quite lucky I was surrounded by higher quality athletes who were in my position and so my coach currently he was in my position 20 odd years ago so when I was younger I was looking up to him and he was going to the Olympics and his coach who was coaching my older brother at the time and And then I grew up and stepped into more of an elite training area and and then he became my coach. And so I was always inspired by my coaches because, one, they were really fun to be around. They did really good training and they accomplished what they want to in their lifetime, which is going to the Olympics, going to a high-performance centre, training every single day and having that really professional environment. And you can see it just... It benefits so much and you can see how much they've been able to progress through their life. So they've played a really big influence on my life. Do you feel that having done what you've done with your life and career, you've indirectly helped people, particularly like women? 100%. Most, most definitely. The women who surround me, I've got great leaders in their work and even like my friends they're very passionate in their careers and passionate in whatever their side hobbies. And one thing that I find is really important is that we're always so sharing of what we do. We're very supportive of what we do. And if one of us gets a success in our lives, in our career, we're all for that. We're all about building people up and making sure they're doing well. But we're also 
I'm very fortunate I've been able to get the guidance that I've gotten from the women in my life. Yeah. So kind of touching on that, I've noticed that in sports in general that there's always been like a big discrepancy between male and female sports and it's always been something that makes me angry, especially like a girl who's played sport my whole life as well. But I've noticed in individual sports like taekwondo, it's a little bit less because you don't have the pressures of team men's and women's. Do you kind of know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Do you, have you faced inequality in terms of men being prioritised or selected over you? And if so, how have you dealt with it? Well, luckily for me, I've never had to experience that. And if I did, I'd probably kick you in the face. Good. <laughs> Three points to me. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's actually been really, I've been really fortunate like that. Because even since I was growing up training as a junior, I was always training with the guys. And when I was training sparring, at one point I was the only female. They were all males, but they were all older. So I was the youngest one, only female. But you kind of just, you keep going. And I have actually adopted a style that is very much like a male fighter in a way. Very aggressive, but very forward, very smart, very tactical and technical. And so it's actually played a lot of benefits for me. And as I've gone older, we've had more females from around the country join the, the high-performance hub to where I'm training. So we've actually been able to have a more balanced male-female ratio in training, which has been really good because it means different fighting styles. I'm able to train with female fighters, the most important part, but also their, their styles is very different to males. So because when you go overseas, when you're competing, you're fighting against females. And so you need to be able to work out a plan, a strategy to be able to fight other female fighters because you're not going up to versus males. But I love my training environment where I'm able to interact with the guys because I love everyone and I love just sparring with everyone because you need the different variations of techniques to be able to perform at your best because sometimes you'll get some fighter and they're going to come at you just as aggressive you're going to need to whip something out and sometimes it's going to be when what you've been practicing with my male counterparts which is such as like a spinning hook kick to the face I probably wouldn't do that to the female fighters but I definitely do it to the males (laughs) yeah you tell them (laughs) so before a really big match fight whatever you call it what is your go-to mental preparational routine really good question so my mental routine is if I have time before I leave I'll go to say a park somewhere in nature and just zen out I'll spend probably a couple hours there if I can just lie down see if the sun's out or whatever it is even if I can't go to a park I'll just sit somewhere and it's just to no, I like kind of like a meditation in a way where you just clear your mind, you go through all the processes and it's visualised. You're visualising your performance, what you're going to do, what kicks you're going to do, how you're going to fight. And those things are really important because once you get there, sometimes you don't have time for yourself. Sometimes you're straight away into training, straight away to eating food or going to groceries, whatever it is. So having that mental prep, of visualising going through the motions is important. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's kind of like a form of manifestation in a way which I think is I've definitely for individual sports it's really really important to be able to zone out in a positive way if you get like in a negative mindset then you know you'll notice that it goes yeah 100 percent. yeah you're chasing to your performance sometimes when you have negative thoughts that come in which has definitely happened you know sometimes I've gone into a competition so much negativity is going on in my head and I don't and I can't relax I can't seem to clear it out so what I do is I actually remove myself from that environment and I go somewhere where it's completely away from people away from people coming up to me talking to me asking me questions to really clear myself out and what I do is I say a few trigger words Mm -hmm. I say to myself okay I've trained well I've had good preparation my body knows what it's doing. Trust yourself. Trust your kicks. Trust everything. Mm-hmm. And then you just remind yourself, I'm fast. I'm strong. I've literally got a whole routine here. <laughs> All right, I'm fast. I'm strong. I'm ready. And then sometimes what you do is what I've been practicing with my sports psych is focusing because competitions go for a really long day and sometimes you lack your focus throughout the day so finding something on the floor or something that's close you know within a meter distance focusing on that and then just being able to zone in on that and then you're ignoring everything else around you yeah I think that that's a really really good technique and kind of adding on to that when you're in a fight and you're not winning how do you ground yourself to kind of change your pattern change your technique and kind of figure out what's wrong without mentally sabotaging yourself yeah so if I'm losing a fight I'll literally go okay just breathe focus on things you can do and just bring it back down to basics Mm -hmm. so I'll literally just go into defense mode and be like okay just don't get hit don't don't allow her to score on you you know just keep your defensive game up and focus on the basics and that is really just to calm my energy down so that I don't overstress, I don't overthink and I don't start doing silly things to get scored on because you don't want to open yourself up. I, I just, okay, breathe, relax and then just focus on the basics. Yeah. So what's your go-to song before a match? Go-to song. One song that's actually been really hyping me up is by Green Day. It's called... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Explanation mark. It's just a really good hype song. Like it's just like on repeat and it's just like it's one of those songs that gets you up. But most recently at the national championships, the family who I was staying with, they put on music to and they have a competition playlist. And the first song that comes on is like, I've the tiger. But oh. it was just like so good because I was waking up to it and I was like, ooh, like this is really, really good. And then some Beyonce song or something, uh, other song about getting stronger comes on. I'm like, yeah, like it gets you pumped up. Yeah. So, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Good question. I love it. Yeah. So there's just so much going on in the world at the moment, and so much, so many things that need to change. So I guess we just wanted to ask any current issues that you're really passionate about that you want to raise awareness of. Well, what's happening around the world is really sad. Like I, for one, have been travelling quite a lot this year. It's one of the perks of becoming a high-performance athlete. And also we're qualifying for Paris, so we have to travel quite a lot. 
and we've been able to really explore and get into other cultures and the diversity and enjoy ourselves and we learn so much about different countries and cultures and so forth and I always take back going like we have to be more kind to each other in Australia and uh and I'm always like I'm always comparing myself like Australia to the rest of the world and I'm going you know in Australia we have to be more open for bikes on the road those it's just those little things and I came back from China and everybody's got so many opinions about China but I loved it and everyone is always so surprised that I loved it because it's China and I'm like yeah well it was a really good country great food great culture and they've got a hundred percent all their all their bikes are electric their buses are electric cars are electric you go to other other Asian countries Korea they're all electric why aren't we electric you just ask yourself those little questions like why why aren't we electric I don't know because it's not it's not affordable for us we're not getting that help that we need to you know help the environment and you have so many people who are very forward and like climate change and things like that but there's actually not enough change happening in our society in Australia for that so it's insane it's actually insane and like you look at people's living standards overseas and it's so different to us like we're we're literally living you know in amazing houses everyone's got a roof over their head you go to other countries and they don't they living standards are so different but they're happy and you look at the happiness of their life the quality of their life compared to ours and it's like why aren't we happy why are people so rude to each other yeah it doesn't make sense on a similar note out of all the places that you've visited where has been your favorite place the place that you've just connected with the most and really enjoyed this year i really enjoyed going to poland it was a country that I I don't know the language, I don't really know the culture. The only thing I know is the Polish dumplings and they were really good. But other than that, I have no idea. I did know what to expect. And so we got there and we were actually staying in a really nice area in Warsaw. And we were staying basically like on the main street of where all the nice restaurants and you got bars and you know, other shopping centres and whatnot around us. So it was quite lively. And so every day, like, I'm poking my head out my window and I'm just looking at everyone walking up and down the street. And their lifestyle was so nice. They had people just casually dining in and beautiful buildings. It was so much, like, history there. So I think Poland is a great place to go and very underrated. Okay, so something that a lot of people struggle with is failure. And unfortunately, lots of people don't really have a system in place. So can you tell us about what happens to you and how do you deal with failure when it happens? Well, I've gone through many failures this year. I mean, you probably hear about all the wins that I've had, but I've had so many failures along the way. And a few of those things is losing at the World Championships. I lost my second fight to Spain and here I, here I was preparing to go into the finals. We had high hopes and I took that really hard. And at the time, it was fairly new, fairly at the start of the year, so fresh into the competition schedule. And yeah, and yeah, I took it really hard and I was really sad. So, normal things that come with failure. But one thing that I've learned is once a fight's done, you can process it, watch your fight, make sure you unpack how you've lost, why you lost, and really understand that. 
and then you go and I went to my coaches, had a conversation with them and then we were able to further explain and digest it a bit more and we formulated a plan and then my other coach goes, okay, that fight's done now, prepare for your next fight. So you have to go into a mindset of, okay, now I know what to do. Now I know, yeah, you're planning. So you're just preparing yourself for the next fight. And in World Champs, I had the fight coming up the following week. So you really had to get into that mindset of refocusing, re-motivating yourself and then trusting yourself again that, yep, my body's ready. I've prepared for this. My body's strong. I'm faster. I'm stronger. I'm focused. All those things that you have to prepare yourself for. And then you just got to go back in there and just trust yourself. That's all. Yeah, something we learn at school a lot is to focus on your mistakes and just move past them and learn from them. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that you've taken that into your pro- professional career and you've just learned to not focus on the negative and just focus on what's to come and just, yeah, just improving and getting better. Yeah, because with every failure that I've gotten, the week after we've had a back, back-to-back competition, so I have, I've had to prepare pretty quickly and the turnaround of it is that I've been able to have so many successes because of my failures. Every time I've lost, it's gone, okay, put yourself together, screw your head back on a little bit, you know why you lost, go back out there, do it again, and then I end up winning gold, silvers, bronze, whatever it is. Mm. And that's because you just keep backing yourself. Yeah, and it's just so impressive to do it in so little time because sometimes it takes forever and months and years to learn how to get back on track, but the fact that you can just do it in less than a week is really impressive. Yeah, and it's really important, especially with back-to-back competitions. You have to know that it's just all stepping stones. The end goal is the Paris 2024 Olympics. All these competitions are all the little stepping stones. And you can see yourself progressing. Each performance is getting better than the previous. It's just a process. It's a loss. It's like like someone important living your life. You go through that heartbreak. And that's what it is. You've, you've put all your efforts into something and it hasn't gone your way. It's heartbreaking. And so time is your best friend. Each day you're slightly getting better or maybe you're getting worse, but then something will happen and it will shift your focus. Okay, wasn't so bad, let's refocus. It's all just a matter about refocusing, but time, slowly, you'll get better. And after World Champs, it took me that whole entire week to prepare for that next competition. And so each day like, I was checking in with my coaches being like, no, nah, I'm, I'm still not good. I don't know how to do this. And then he goes, it's okay. We're still here for you. And then the next day, okay, I'm feeling a bit better now. It's just what happens. You just got to go through the process. It definitely is debilitating. I was having nightmares after, after losing at the World Champs and it was terrible. Each night I wasn't sleeping and, you know, it, it was, and you just have to, and you had to wake up the next morning and go support the other athletes. You had to put on a brave face, but deep down, it's like you're crying inside. But you, you, you can't show that because you want to be positive for the other athletes competing. So yeah, it's really, really hard. So this next question might be a bit deep, but why do you love doing what you're doing? What drives you to be like every day? You wake up and you're like, I want to do this. I love doing this. I have always loved sparring. I just love sparring. I love play sparring. I love moving around. It's just, it's where, it's just like my happy place. I'm just having so much fun and it is fun. And so 
I'm experimenting, I'm creating kicks, I'm mucking around with my friends, I'm playing tricks on them, they're playing tricks on me. Sometimes I'm getting kicked in the face, sometimes they're getting kicked in the face and it's just fun. And each day I come into training and, yeah, it's really hard, but I love being pushed, I love challenges and I love feeling like I've accomplished something. And even if it's waking up this morning at however time just to get to training it's just going to training and then pushing through with everybody around you we're literally on the bikes we're yelling we're screaming well not screaming but we're just we're just trying to push each other to get the most out of it and by the end of it you just feel so accomplished that you've done this you've done it together and then just bringing taekwondo out into that limelight that's what gets me up every morning for me to be able to accomplish winning a gold or winning something on a high competition, if it's world championships and my goal is Paris, is to be able to get that recognition that, you know, Taekwondo, we're here in Australia and we want to be out there in the light. We want to show everybody how good we are. With what you were saying before, you kind of reminded something for me. My friend took me to a Taekwondo self-defence class because she's black belt, very into it. And... My parents never put me in it. I played netball and tennis growing up, so it was very, very different. But doing doing the self-defense, doing the moves and the kicks and everything, I felt empowered and I felt strong. <laughs> and I've never been able to say that I am physically a strong person, but I was ripping my friend's hair <gasps> out because it was self-defense. And I was like, oh yeah, like I know what I'm doing. I was getting into it. And I think that it's such an underrated sport, especially for women, that... I think needs to be promoted more. Is there any way, well, obviously you're going around to schools and sharing your experience is really good for promoting it, but how else can we get Taekwondo into the limelight? You know, that is actually something I've been working on, but the answer to that is we've got to get those results. We've got to get those gold medals on those big competitions like World Champs and Olympics to be able to get that recognition. But it's also about putting ourselves out there a little bit, putting that work in like I'm doing to put my face out there, my name out there and just showing people, yeah, I'm actually a passionate athlete in my sport and support me because what I'm doing is great and what what my friends, my other athletes are doing, we're all working our asses off every single day. See how hard we're working. It's it's actually insane. People don't realise how hard we actually train. It's incredible the commitment that you have to it. I know I would definitely feel burnt out if I committed myself to one thing so much, but it's it's so inspiring to see the passion that you have for this sport and I hope that this helps other people to follow their passions if they feel super, super strongly about something. But on a really unrelated note <laughs> and really, really random question, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Teleportation to get rid of planes. Mm, yeah. Smart, smart, smart. I know that you have friends outside of Taekwondo and like what you do as a career, but do you ever, like, did you ever stay in contact with the women that you fought or did you ever know who you were going to fight in an international competition? Yeah, so one of the perks of fighting overseas is you actually do tend to see the same people over and over because once you start getting your points higher, you start seeing, you start getting invited to certain competitions like the Grand Prix, top 32 ranked athletes per division. And that happens a couple of times throughout the year. And so you're seeing the same faces, which is really good. And you're also seeing them sometimes at open competitions, in open country competitions. And 
then you're fighting them constantly. And I, I have actually tried to go out there a little bit more and start chatting to them a bit more because sometimes there's that language barrier, like we don't really know what each other's saying. But this year I've gone, okay, just like put yourself out there that little bit and start talking to them because I'm sure they're nice people. And then they, and you turn around and go, oh, yeah, they actually are really nice. Like yeah, they're yeah. not just there just as your enemy. They're there actually – they can be your friend as well. And I've actually made friends with quite a few people from other countries, which is really nice because when you do go to, say, a, a world championship or a Grand Prix or an Olympic Games, you can go up to those people and you just feel a bit more comfortable. You can go up to anyone really, but it's nice – having that familiar face. Yeah. What are your plans for the future? It can be sport or non-sport related. Yeah, so my number one right now is Paris 2024 Olympics. Mm-hmm. So for after that, I actually want to use my uni degree. <laughs> so I actually want to make food products uh, for elite athletes or for active individuals. And uh, right now, I am. what I'm wanting to do if I ever, if I get the time soon, which will probably happen after the games, is to actually create that food product. Yeah, wow. Because I've got the ideas, it's all floating around in there and I've created the foundations for it, but I actually just want to start doing it now. And to create some sort of lunchbox kind of pack thing for when we travel overseas, we're able to have some safe food for us to consume because sometimes it's really hard to read the labels because we don't understand their, their language. And so just to have some food that we can rely on, go overseas, we know we're getting the nutrition benefits from it and help us to prepare for wanes and competition. That's incredible. I think that really proves how far your passion goes yeah. as well. And also coaching as well. So I've, I've started coaching. I've got junior technical sparring class that I look after and – yeah, just getting into the juniors and helping that next generation come up. is a, It's actually a lot of fun. So uh, definitely getting into coaching. Yeah, wow, it's incredible. So we've really learned a lot from you today. And so just thank you so much for coming in. But just so for the more important questions, and also it's a controversial topic, so be careful what you say, although we promise not to judge. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Correct answer. Okay. <laughs> We won't judge, but that is the correct answer. <laughs> and also, what is your go-to junk food? Okay, so I love chocolate. I love ice cream. I love lollies. I love chips. Mm-hmm. But definitely chocolate is my number one. I am actually a huge junk food person. I don't I, – I, I will smash it after competitions, but before competitions, that's when I start to limit myself a little bit mm-hmm. from a block of chocolate to maybe a row. But definitely smashing that block of chocolate is so rewarding. Well, before we bring this episode to an end, I'd like to say that it's been wonderful chatting with you and hearing your story. Uh, Thank you, Stacey, for taking the time to be here. And are there any last words of advice that you would like to give to our listeners? Well, thank you for having me. And last words of advice is just keep enjoying what you're doing and keep just doing what you're doing. That's all. Thank you so, so much. And we are so looking forward to hearing about your journey moving forward. Thank you.